guys at higher levels. I know Mike said to push it till about six. So yeah, this is a four level over here. Uh, test, 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 testing, test. Testing. Hello. It's, Hello. it's not. It's not getting any louder. Yeah. It's uh. In these uh, gaming, I don't know where your game settings are at, but mm. you can. Uh, I will say once you. Uh, ooh, here we go. It's getting louder. Okay. It looks it's like. Getting louder. Nice. I guess it's peak it's out at 100. 100 yeah. Oh, it's uh. Yeah, it's going a little too hot now. I think, but. No, it won't get hot yeah, until okay. you get to zero. Okay. Cool. All right, so we will. Uh, I'm going with this. So we've got two sources. So I feel good. Here is the deal. Everything that we perceive to be real is not a joke. Once we were sleeping and then we awoke, and I'm not afraid. So uh, welcome to the second episode of the Unscripted Podcast. We are recording a different way now, so hopefully this one sounds a little bit better. I'm here today uh, with the filmmakers behind No More Messages. So, guys, if you want to introduce yourself so everybody knows your voice. I'm Ryan McCurdy. I'm Kevin Arnold. Tell us a little bit about your film and uh, kind of, I guess, the the previous one we started with the idea, how you got the idea, uh, what inspired you, and uh, the first kind of steps you took to make the film. Okay. Um, well, let's see. This was almost last year about about this time last year, actually, when we shot the film, because I think... It was March, I think. It was March, yeah. It was early March, though. No, no, wait. Are we... How far... We're halfway through March. Yes, it was <laughs> early March when we started. <laughs> so, um, the film started because, like, I had gotten to a point where I was... I felt... I mean, this sounds very pretentious, but I felt really creatively constipated because I hadn't done anything for a long time, and I was like, man, I really want to make a movie. And um, I had a Monday that was free because at the time I was off on Mondays. So I just told Kevin, I was like, dude... I'm going to make a movie on Monday. And it was like Wednesday or something like that. And he's like, seriously? Like, you want to make a movie? And I, like, I was and I was like, do you have a script yet? And I'm like, uh, no, I'll get one by the time we get on Monday. So by Sunday, I think it was by Sunday, I had a script and I gave it to him. He's like, oh, this is like, okay. All right, well, okay, we'll shoot this movie. So then all day Monday we shot a movie. Um, and the, the movie is about a guy who... Uh, he's dealing with loss. He's dealing with the loss of like a girlfriend or a wife. It doesn't really specifically say. And um, yeah, he he's overhearing the the way he's mourning is he's just over listening his last phone message that he had with his his significant other. And um, but the the crux of it all is he loses his phone. Now, like yes, you can get, today you could probably like lose your phone and find. Um, there's probably a way to restore that information. Um, yeah, but uh, when when I was writing it, it was kind of influenced by my wife because she had a um, uh, she had a phone message from her grandmother that because her grandmother passed away near like when we first started dating, and she had this last phone message from her, and it was very mundane, like not very. I mean, it wasn't like a crazy like I love you or whatever, just kind of a really mundane, just kind of normal day type message that she had. It was like the last phone message she had. And when we were switching phones at one point, she was afraid that she lost that message because of like all the yeah, switching data from one phone to another. Luckily, we were able to find it and we kept it, so we have it stored someplace. But um, but that was kind of the the beginning of that story, and then and then the idea that you know uh, when you when you pass away, it's like you you die, you're not here anymore, and the only thing that you have is people's memories. But also, there's kind of like that second death when people stop remembering you or whatever, and that's kind of also kind of tied into the film. Right. So, uh, what was the script like? Because I know it's a very like 
there's not a lot of dialogue. It's all actions, pretty much. Uh, did you have any sort of dialogue that you stepped away from? Or I think the script is like three pages long. Oh, wow. Well. Do you remember it was three? I don't remember how long it was. You don't remember? It would, you want to step closer to the mic? Sorry. Because I don't, can't hear you. Oh, <laughs> my bad. Yeah, no, you're fine. Uh, it was about, I think the mic, I think the, uh, I think the script was like three pages, and most of it is like action, like yeah. he's in the shower, he's, you know, sitting by his bed. Um, but there is like the message, which I had my wife record. And so she, that's like over and over and over again in the script. And then, um, the only other lines is at the very end of the film, um, when he hears his, his wife's voice. Um, and those are the only lines in the movie. So the main character has no lines in the movie at all. Yeah. And all together, like, uh, between, uh, I guess starting with start and end, like the shooting, like how long did that take? I think it might have taken like a month to three weeks, but I mean, that's also like, I had kind of finished one draft of the edit and then went back and did a little bit of tweaking with the audio here and there. But okay. I think, I don't think it took very long because it is a very short right. film. It's like only six minutes long. Right, and I was gonna like have you uh, guys, since you both have been involved with like uh, features and everything, how do you prefer, like which do you prefer, the run and gun sort of style? Because I know it was just the two of you, right, mm -hmm. on this, or the, the long form sort of feature process? Uh, well, what do you mean by that, though? Well, it's, it's like the the smaller scale stuff, where like just a two man, three man team versus mm -hmm. like a, somebody something with a lot of. I know a lot of people like the the, the kind of intimacy of that, and just to kind of rip yeah. it and rip it, sort of, or like a better. Word. Um, I mean, I yeah, I do like the intimacy of having like a smaller crew, especially mm -hmm. if you know everybody. But I do think um, I think some of that's out of necessity. I don't think it's like people choose that necessarily because right. a lot of times you're like, hey guys, I'm making a movie. Nobody cares because yeah. everyone's just like, eh, that's cool. <laughs> that's all. Oh, that's cute. You're making a movie. Right. And it's like, well, do you want to help out? Sorry, I got my cousin's wedding this weekend <laughs> or, or whatever. Um, but often, yeah, because sometimes that's that can be a hurdle just to go through and be like, right. Be like, you you plan out the shoot, you plan out the film, you get the actors, and then you sit there and she's like, I'm like, oh shoot, I need, I need at least two or three crew people for this movie. I, I can't do it by myself. So right. But sometimes it's almost a last minute thing. Yeah. Um, and that's uh one thing with this podcast I want is for it to be like a, a resource for aspiring filmmakers and actors and stuff like that. Like uh, with this, I know you didn't necessarily have to network a lot because you and Kevin have been, uh, I guess you've all worked a lot of stuff together, right? How long have you known each other? Kevin and I have known each other for four years, five years now. Uh, I think it's been four years. Yeah. And how many projects have you been together on? Uh, two? Two? Well, three. Well, three, three, three four-ish. Well, I, I guess you can help me out on. Yeah, I guess we've done more, more than. We've that done time. a couple. Kev, we've yeah. done, done a couple of stuff on Kevin's stuff that hasn't been produced because he he hasn't edited it yet. Together. <laughs> <laughs> he has it. He has it. He just he has to a little bit on editing. Dark Nights. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've done a couple. Of, we've worked together on a couple of stuff. So. Uh, dark Nights is on YouTube, right? Yes, it is. Okay, you should look that up. We showed that a couple years ago. It's pretty funny stuff. Um, but yeah, so like, uh, what's what what to you all as filmmakers like? what's the best like resource to find people to do things that like you don't know how to do people to get advice from other people to work on your projects and stuff like that you want to answer that question i mean i'll answer it but i you haven't said anything you go ahead and answer the question oh you want me to answer <laughs> i the want you to answer the question <laughs> okay well uh i think the first thing is kind of like um let's say when i well it just depends because like when i started i was doing this when i was at school so or right. did I you go to school for film productions i went to school for radio and television okay but I, I will say there were a lot of people that would rather be in film than mm -hmm. just because a lot of sometimes you go to radio television programs and it's mostly 
television production is mostly specifically on like news production it's right. or or just doing like an average television show and it's very basic and it's not as creative as you might want it to be or you think you're going to get into but it gives you like a, a good grasp on technology yeah that yeah so like it right. gives you a good idea it give you understanding of camera and things like that mm -hmm. but it's more but again it's like it's more specifically for television so you're you're there's certain things like how to light a subject or things like that are a little more specific so that was kind of like formal training stuff but mm -hmm. like outside that there were a lot of people like me and kevin both wanted to do like film production stuff so we kind of created this film club at usi with two of my other friends one was uh dan hyatt who hasn't been on he hasn't I, he helped me on my last movie and Gavin Eddings, who was also there with um, Dungeons and Dating, right. so which I, we also helped on that movie as well. So yeah, another good one you can find on YouTube, I believe. Yep, uh, and you should definitely have him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we had—I mean, there was a bunch of people that wanted to do film. So we had a USI had a film. We had a filmmakers club because it was like my first year in, and there was a guy who was like, "Hey, I'm starting this filmmakers club," and everybody was like, "Oh, this is this sounds really cool. This is exciting." And so. Um, we all just started doing this uh, filmmakers club thing and it was kind of just all of us wanting to make movies and helping each other out and learning from each other. I think down the line, um, what changed things for us was um, we, at the first, the end of the first year, we wanted to do a film festival and we started Mayday Film Festival, which is gonna be this year at May 20th. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that too, if you wanna um, get into the detail on that. And so we started the film, fest the, the film festival out of USI, thinking it would be where we would show all of our films. And eventually that kind of grew into other filmmakers coming in and showing their films outside of USI. And so that's kind of also how we met. I met a lot of other filmmakers in the area. A lot of people that are like, I think now, now at the time would have been like my age or older um, who have been doing, who've kind of had that same passion of wanting to make, you know, make films, even on like the small scale indie, no budget level. So that's right. kind of, I guess. And then I would say like that was one way. And also there was the IFN. We There was a couple of people we've networked through IFN as far as like other actors or other filmmakers and that kind of thing. Yeah, I started coming to IFN uh, after I got on at the library in Davis County. Um, I was really amazed at how much stuff was going on in this area. I would have never thought so much film. Like, I mean, I knew, I've known PJ Starks forever. Mm -hmm. uh, and knew what he was doing but just through him I've met so many people and it's amazing what was going on uh, outside of Hollywood and just the middle America um, like so tech wise you got your education through USI how much would you say you learned there versus like on your own like, uh, I think I learned more on, I think I learned more on my own yeah same I think they're both of us actually yeah. I probably I mean the thing is like you learn like the basics right. or what they're gonna teach you for television but then like if you were like I want to do film I mean I would say I probably learned a lot more about writing through Kevin than I did through anything at school because I wanted to do movies and stuff, but I had more technical background. And then, mm -hmm. like, I think yeah, after a year after I graduated, Kevin and I started hanging out and um, with also Jeremy Brelsford, who's also in Dark Knights. And uh, that's actually where we came at, where Dark Knights came out of because we were sitting, we'd have like these little writers' meetings for like, um, how many, we'd spend like, what, three hours together at your apartment? Uh, yeah, like and that. we spend like it would be like a rotation. Like once a week, we would get together, and one of us would bring something to for the other people to read. So you know, it might be my week, and I'm like, hey guys, we're reading Dark Knights. Jeremy Brailsford's week would be the next, and he'd bring in uh, you know something, uh, a play that he wrote, and then you'd come in the very next week, and we just have a constant rotation. And it also press us to kind of give ourselves due dates to to write as well. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like, I think I think people in general, regardless of what the subject matter, work better when they have a date that they have to do something by for sure. And Kevin, you were a theater 
got, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a degree in both radio and te- television and theater as okay, well, cool. so yeah. Yeah, and I know uh, you do a lot of stuff with the auto here in town, right? Yes, yeah. I do. I saw uh, Hamlet there, or Macbeth, rather. And, yes. And, like, uh, yeah, that was amazing. Like, uh, is every production there, not to get too far off topic, is everything, like, that ramped up, or is that just, like, the Halloween shows where they... Um, I mean, I think it really depends on what type of show you're yeah. doing. I know they wanted Macbeth to be very ramped up. I mean, they, they literally go to war on stage. Yeah, that, that was amazing. <laughs> So that that's one of the shows where you kind of have to, to 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 amp it up a little bit. Right. Um, but there's all there are smaller, more intimate shows, yeah. uh, more bare bone kind of shows that we do as well. I feel kind of I'm a little jealous that I missed that show, or oh, I feel so bad that I missed that show because oh, I have been to like Frankenstein and Dracula and both Halloween. Did somebody get electrocuted in Frankenstein? Yes. It seems like that's, that's, well, I don't Kevin? know if like actually got electrocuted, yeah. but yeah, it's. Uh, both like their Halloween shows do also amazing because yeah. they always like they amp like you were saying like do they amp them up yeah I think they do because they have some of the they, they they put a lot more into costume and production design I've done sound design for some shows and like I was just really like salivating when I heard all the effects and the the, um, the music was great too like I think Radiohead and Interpol were on there yeah yeah that's uh, that was awesome and so with the theater stuff like how much of that plays into your movie uh, work. Well, you know, I always tell, whenever I teach my film acting class, I always have to remind my students that even though theater is extremely similar, they're also very different. So right. it's it's kind of knowing what similarities uh, you can use for both and what you have to know that it will be different from film to theater. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so um, Kevin teaches a, uh, the film acting class. I don't know. For Dialto Studios. Okay. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he mentioned that in passing. Uh, but, yeah, that's great. And, like, uh, the fact that that's there as a resource is really great, too. Um, so um, just um, getting back to the film, uh, the No More Messages, like, with uh, color correction and stuff, that's something mm-hmm. I'm really interested in. And I know, like, that movie looked really, really great. How hard did you have to work to, like, massage that, or was it just out of the camera that good? Uh, it wasn't that good on camera, but um, there are actually two cuts to the film because um, – and thank you, by the way. Um, oh, you're welcome. Uh, no, what actually what happened was we had I had a cut of the film that we finished for Mayday Film Festival, and the original cut is really plain. Like I didn't really do anything to it. Mm-hmm. Kevin would probably say he actually liked the original cut a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you did. You you were like, yeah, the color correction didn't need to be there. I think in some spots I thought like the color correction was yeah. a little bit weird to me, but yeah. um, like I think in the, in the bathroom. Our own movie, bro. I, I I know I know, but <laughs> like in the bathroom it looks a little bit too. Tinted, I'd say, yeah. or I guess too yellow or green or something like that. It's darker, different yeah. colors, you know, so. colors, man. No, yeah. um, I think uh, color correction, a lot of this I've learned from my new, new my job. So um, what, what do you do as a day job, by the way? I, I work at a, uh, I work at Channel 25, and okay. I, I do all the news promotions. So um, anytime you're watching television and you see, like, a promo that's specifically just for news, like a commercial for uh, Channel 25 or Channel 7, um, that's all the stuff I produce. Okay. There's a lot. I've, I produced a... a, a series of promos that are all about the anchors and the, and the weather people um, called like we are the tri-state and in those I kind of started learning a little bit more about color correction through um, Jacob Polinski who's also a filmmaker in, in town and uh, um, he taught me a lot of different cool things that you can do um, but more recently um, the recent at version of premiere uh, 20 uh, the 2015 version of CC premiere they just introduced this new uh, Lumetri color Wheels, so you can actually do your color correction within Premiere. It's actually okay. really cool, and it's actually really once you start to learn how to use it, it's actually really easy, and you can make your films look a lot better than than um, just straight out of camera and stuff like that. Uh, so nice. that was part of it. 
Yeah, I didn't. That's like, I mean, I've only dabbled in this stuff a little bit. I've never made anything, but I've been in some stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't know too much about how I, I heard color correction referred to. I assume it was kind of similar to Photoshop and how you just tint things. Yeah, well, uh, there's like, yeah, there's like color correction, which means like if you say you shoot a scene and it's like really blue or you shoot something that's a little too warm, maybe you want to change the, the tone just to make it look more natural. You can, that's referred to as color correction Mm -hmm. and then there's color grading which is if you really want to drastically change the look of a scene and you want to make it look maybe if we're shooting this room right now Mm -hmm. and we want it to make it look a little more dark and dreary maybe add a little more greens or darker colors or change the contrast and that would be more like a color correction or color grading rather than color correction so there are two different terms but yeah i mean that's kind of the what it is but I think it's become more and more prevalent because of the technology and it's just been more and more readily available for filmmakers and stuff like that so are you you're a Final Cut guy or a Premiere I love Premiere Premiere I used to love Final Cut and uh, we had Final Cut at USI and it was good I mean we liked it but then when Final Cut 10 came out it's like changed everything and everyone was kind of like I don't like this new stuff like (laughs) I'm not but then we then I found out about Premiere and like the way that they were doing the um, CC which I think some people have kind of been like hesitant to because you're like well you buy it for you're only subscribing to it, you're not owning it but it's like if you if you use it mm-hmm. relatively relative enough and you're like oh well next year i just i'm pay- still paying my same su- subscription and then i get the new version the next year so right. it's, it's kind of like an update that you right so you do like so. upgrades for most of this is what 300 bucks or whatever so you probably save save yeah. a lot over time yeah, yeah. and all the subscription models like I'm an IT guy by mm-hmm. trade, and like su- subscription models are dominating like a lot. Even like Office, like yeah. Office 365 is going to that, which is kind of I don't know necessarily how I feel about it as pertaining to Office, just because Office overall is the same product. It yeah. just has a, a new code. But yeah, with, with, yeah, but with stuff like filmmaking, I mean, they add features and they improve things, so it's probably worth it. I've been trying to convince him to get it because he's been like, "No, I got to use this other stuff." I'm like, "Dude, you got to get Premiere," and he's like, "No, I don't want to pay it." I'm like, "You should get it because right. it, it works." Yeah, I mean, if if yeah, I I know it's a uh, the price is a large barrier to entry for a lot of like pro grade software. Kevin, like, so I know you've directed some stuff like. Uh, Film-wise, uh, and it, so what's the thing you're working on editing now? Is uh, I have a few things. The main thing that I'm working on is uh, something called um, OMG, I Hate My Life, and it's just <laughs> very much making fun of uh, teenagers and kind of their view on life and, of course, like the, the horribleness, that, that the devastating things that happen to them right. when that aren't really devastating. Of course, devastating things end up do happening to her, and so it's kind of uh, a little bit of contrast. And, of course, it's a comedy because it's me. Um, but yeah, cool. uh, that I will say that I've been a little bit slower editing that program because I've been trying to use HitFilm, and it is just it is a nightmare. What's I mean, what's HitFilm? HitFilm is a free program, uh, free editing software. Uh, it's it's basically set up like how Final Cut used to be or how Adobe Premiere is uh, now. Um, there are differences, but. Uh, mainly, my issue with it is it just keeps freezing, which apparently it's uh, not supposed to be doing. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, get Premiere. <laughs> and so, yeah, Ryan's just been telling me, get Premiere, get Premiere. But, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I, I probably eventually will. But if I can make this free program work for me, right. I will. Hey, I can't uh, blame you there. Like, the open source, there's a lot of good open source software uh, to apply. Like, graphic design, like, GIMP is pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I love GIMP. Uh, and Audacity is what I use to edit this podcast. So, it's uh, there, is, there are a lot of good things out there. But yeah, sometimes it could definitely be a little buggy. Yeah. I had several Audacity crashes, uh, but but that's cool. Like so, like uh, do you prefer acting or directing? I know everybody wants to direct. Uh, so. I I think I'm more comfortable as an actor. As yeah. a director, I I always want to create my vision 
Um, like, uh, I always have like, you know, certain stories I want to tell right. and I want to tell them my way. Um, but acting for me is just, I don't know, it just feels like more natural, more easy. Right. Uh, Speaking of being comfortable, there's a certain nude scene and, <laughs> and uh, no more messages that I definitely want to ask you about. Cause that, that interests me too. I mean, I know it's uh, crucial to the story, but like, was that like the first time you, uh, buried anything in front of the camera and like, was it kind of difficult to do? Yeah. Um, that was definitely the first time I, you know, I got actually naked. Uh, I, there, I did have a chance of um, getting naked for the Michael Rosenbaum movie. Oh, if right. I would have gotten that role where the kid's like running up and uh, chasing, like uh, there's. He says in the beginning of the movie, he it's like when they're in the, the past, and then he's like running away from someone. He took all of his clothes, Short, yeah, uh, his clothes. shorts or yeah. something. And, yeah, um, and so I would have gladly done that yeah. naked. Um, I, I have zero shame whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, that's and yes, a, Scott Lehman, no, I was not naked. He just wanted to <laughs> right. Scott Lehman, director of The Quest for Aaron Adams. And, yeah, I'm sure we'll get home on eventually. And, and Cowboy Ninjas of 2090, right? Yeah, that's yes. what we showed this time. Yeah. Just for anybody listening who hasn't seen the film, not gratuitous. It's just a, a shower scene. Uh, he's just there. So You just see butt. Everybody got a butt. Right, that's PG-13. Right. Yeah. I, I do think that some people have the misconception when you hear, like, nudity. Because, mm -hmm. like, nudity... It can be done tastefully, and you mm -hmm. can do it like gratuitous. Like I think some people see nudity as something like negative. And I'm like, yeah, but everyone gets naked, you know. Like right. it's not, and especially if it's not done in a sexual manner. Right. It's more just like he was taking a shower and right. he's warning. And the only reason I put it in there is because I actually wanted to be able to show and get in the person's mind like he's actually naked. Like right. Not, and you know, let's, I think with that that character too. Just I mean, from yeah. my side, it's a part of the vulnerability. Mm -hmm. You know, you see the dude like obsessing about like a uh, someone he lost and he's just there naked in the shower and then he kind of sets down and that's i don't know i think i think that really kind of underscores what you're trying to say i think yeah uh, and it also wasn't something that was even like in the script it was kind of i remember you were like trying to get like a, a higher angle mm -hmm. you're like hold on i got like your shorts in the shower or whatever and i was mm -hmm. like do you want me to take them off like <laughs> I, might as well yeah it's like, and so, it's like yeah. matthew mcconaughey in his shirt right yeah <laughs> uh but no, that's that's cool, and like I think it does like help the character. And uh, so yeah, I mean, is there anything uh, you want to talk about? Like uh, I know it's a short film, so we can't really dive too far into the story. But any any kind of stuff you want to say about it that I haven't like asked? And also, I want to ask like any any kind of tips like you guys would give for like uh, for um, filmmakers who are wanting to like you know meet people to do things like uh, just general stuff. Yeah, like general that. stuff. Uh, let's see about no more messages. Um, well, we talked about, I mean, we shot in a graveyard, we shot, I mean, we shot it in the day, mm -hmm. um, which can be kind of a challenge because you're, like, losing daylight. I didn't use any, like, I barely used any lights in the movie, so. Yeah, I remember you saying that at the Q&A. I, 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 I did use one light that wasn't, like, a practical light that I had, but it was only just to, like, fill in Kevin's face a little bit. Um, if I were to shoot it now, I'd use probably some more lights on certain, on certain scenes. Um, we shot the movie in about four or five hours. Yeah, we shot oh, it pretty wow. quickly. I mean, it was. Yeah. I mean, that's a quick movie, and some people like look at it and it's like, well, you didn't spend a lot of time on it. I mean, it was more of like improv. It felt it's. I've had uh, friends say like they watch it like it feels very impromptu, but yeah. it's very good. You know what I mean? So well, kind of had an impromptu thing. considering yeah. the this time frame. I mean, you said originally you said that you think you had the idea to shoot a film on uh, Wednesday to shoot Monday, yeah. but I'm pretty sure it was Friday because Friday you called me like. I've got all these ideas that I want to like write, blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, okay, yeah, some of those sound good. Saturday, I get a call. Hey, I've got all these ideas I want to shoot yeah. for, for uh, Monday. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, one of those sounds good. Sunday, you send me a script. <laughs> these are none of the ideas we talked about, Ryan. And Kevin is somebody who has directed like 
is it hard for you to like follow someone else like when you're on another project somebody else is doing that's one thing i meant to ask earlier but well when you say follow following someone else's vision i guess or like i think if i mean as an actor i mean that's well, you, yeah, and you're more of an actor than a director, so... I that, that that's very true, and I don't really ever, like, help out, like, right. technical behind the scenes. Right. Um, I mean, if Ryan wants me to hold a boom mic, I'll begrudgingly do it, but... Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, it's it's kind of, you know... And it's always the director's call, so... and right. I, I, I will say that sometimes, as an actor, for new directors, new filmmakers, I may give um, my own expertise and yeah. like, just give, like, helpful hints and whatnot. Right. I'll try not to... Um, you know, step over the boundaries too much. Right. No, but at the same good. time, I, I do want to help them out and be like, hey, blah, 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 Right. I've been in this situation before. It's, these are the kind of things you want to look out kind, for. It's kind of like me at work when I have to make a tech support call. Like, they, they have these, oh, have you tried rebooting it? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I am an IT person. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I just didn't know if that same sort of principle applied. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, so, yeah, I know you all just shot something else, right? If you want to talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, uh, we have a new movie. It'll be done by April 15th. It's supposed to be done by April 15th. Um, and we're editing it. We just finished production not too long ago. It's called Miss Red. Um, it's about a guy who gets a mysterious job to pay his bills. Uh, he gets a job where a guy, somebody tells him, like, you're going to drive this girl around who reads lips. As, and it's more like a corporate espionage type thing. And uh, he, but he quickly finds out it's more, it's not exactly what he thought it was going to be, um, and he gets himself in kind of some trouble. Um, so that's the movie that we're, we just finished shooting. And, and it's another short. It's a little bit. It's a much longer short. It's going to be like closer to twenty minutes, eighteen minutes. Okay. It was only like so twelve pages long originally, though. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. I originally wanted to just make another like short, but I wanted to make like a 10 minute short more a little bit longer um but it that thing bloomed up to even 20 minutes i was like dang um yeah for tip for filmmakers if you're gonna write a short um just because someone says oh it's a minute per page it's not necessarily true it's kind of it's true and it's not true sometimes it can be um it can be a minute but sometimes you can write a paragraph and all of a sudden that paragraph becomes like another minute right. um, i think it depends on your writing style yeah. and also the type of director you are i mean if you're a lot more visual of a director like you are yeah then of course it's going to be a lot more action and it's going to translate longer if you're a lot more dialogue based um then it's going to be a, basically a minute of page maybe yeah shorter. yeah um uh, you were asking earlier about like uh tips to give to uh, give actors and or people who want to be filmmakers and stuff mm -hmm. like that um I, I've recently kind of like thought about this, and I mean, I think the main thing is just to go out and do it, and I think a lot of filmmakers will tell you that. Um, and I'm not saying like go out there and just get all the most expensive equipment you can. Like I think you, I definitely think you should do it baby steps. That's the Tommy was out. Um, yeah, uh, we sell. We sell last. Yeah, go room. out and buy an HD camera right. and a film camera. <laughs> right. and Spend five million dollars exactly. on a movie that could have like, oh, made you, for five hundred. I could have rented all this equipment. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely would suggest like in some people because I've run across people who think that like oh no one's gonna do my movie for free. Mm. I'm like that's not necessarily true. People sometimes right. around here just want to do a movie to be in a movie, right? And it's, it's not fun about the experience money, really, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and sometimes also food helps a lot. Yeah. So you know, make sure you <laughs> Taco feed Bell people, for everyone. Feed people. Um, mm. Yeah, but yeah, if you're wanting to make a movie, I think the main thing is first thing is like make sure you have like a script that's a good story, and then after you have a script, um, do everything else. You know, cast the movie. Um, I will say it's almost better to try to find other actors rather than your friends because sometimes actors can be, you know, a lot better and you meet uh, you make a new friend that way too. Right. So. You don't necessarily have to worry about yeah. hurting feelings or anything, right? If they're yeah. Um, and then just you know shoot your movie. Um, if you need help on movie, you know, uh, find people that know, have either done this before or kind of reach out. You know, that's kind of my best suggestions for that. You know, do you have any? 
Do you have any best suggestions? Um, I mean, yeah, you cover a lot of it. I mean, mainly just go out there and do something because odds are the first film you make is not going to be brilliant. It's going to be kind of a piece of crap. But that's okay because you're learning. You don't know what you're doing. So just don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, because a lot of people will just go out there and be like, well, I don't have a good enough camera. Oh, I don't have this. I'm like, you don't need right. all that I mean, stuff. You can make a movie with an iPhone these yeah. days. Yeah, but I mean, I would even say tell someone, like, you know, you're, the movie, the first movie you're going to make is not going to win an Oscar or whatever. So it's you're okay to fail. Like, it's okay to just make practice, to, you know, make mistakes and stuff like that. Because, you know, even the movies I'm making now, it's like I'm still making mistakes, but I'm trying to learn from the next movie I do, so it's right. still okay, you know. Yeah, so don't definitely don't sweat the small stuff. Don't, you know, go in there thinking, I'm going to make this, you know, beautiful masterpiece, and then when things aren't going your way, because they never do. There are a couple of really great film festivals here in Evansville, one of which Ryan mentioned he helped start the Mayday Film Festival, and there's another one called Alhambra, and... Uh, I think that's what the Alhambra Film Festival dot com, the longest URL ever. I think so. <laughs> yeah, um, you can Google that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and some great stuff. I know last year at Alhambra, the, the Blair Witch guys came, mm-hmm. uh, so they're they're attracting some good stuff. And uh, Mayday had um, was that was Jake Lloyd last year or was that? Used two years, years ago. Okay, yes, and we showed volumes of blood. I know at Mayday last year, and uh, it was a good time. So yeah, talk to us about like organizing a festival and like. Uh, uh, keep uh, keep catching people. Yeah. We're, we're at the the public library in Evansville, by the way. I we think can, we're fine. Yeah. I don't think anyone's yeah. going to bother us. Okay, cool. But yeah, just talk about how like uh, you, I know you briefly addressed the the seeds of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like how, well, how it came yeah. together. Well, it started. Um, yeah, it started about eight. It'll be eighth year this year, right? Eighth year. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's wait. been around for eight years. It's been along for a while. It's seven. No, it's it's eight. I think this year is the eighth year. I th- I think it's seven because I remember it was like two years ago. Last year it was, was seven. I'm sure we, we can't remember, but I just remember, remember one year being made a film festival five. It looked like Fast Five. In there, so. <laughs> it was the Fast Five. Right? <laughs> uh, no, uh, well, first I have to also say is uh, Dan Hyatt's the kind of the brains behind the operation. I'm kind of more the mouth behind the operation. I'm not even I'm the not, hype man. The yeah, Don I'm kind King. of a hype man. Uh, no, it's just you know a lot of my close friends worked on it. Um, but we started it back in um, 2009, 2008, I think. Um, that would make sense. 2009, something like that. Um, so we started it because, again, like I was saying earlier, like we wanted to make a film festival to kind of just showcase all our movies at the end of the year that we would that we would do for the, the club. Um, and then the progress of years, it just we started bringing in people from outside. And I think we were one of the first film festivals in the area. And because not too long after, there were other there were two or three other festivals. It's the first one that I knew of. Yeah. Um, so we started bringing all these other short films. It started out we were just doing short films, and then eventually we got to a point where we were doing features. But it was interesting because you know you're starting out like the first four years we were part of USI, so we kept having it at USI. I was going to ask where the venue was. Yeah. Um, and inside at USI, I mean the venue got bigger and bigger and bigger because mm-hmm. like the first couple of years it was like small form rooms, and then by the last year it was at one of like the large two of the larger form rooms that are almost like movie theater size. So when one of them is actually where they show films or they do a film class at, oh, yeah. at USI, that's practically a movie theater. Um, so that was great. But then when, after we graduated, Dan and I had graduated, um, we were like, well, where are we going to do now? Um, so we ended up going to museum. We were at the Evansville Museum one year. And then we kind of, I mean, it was okay, but we kind of, I'm not trying to, we you didn't know, really like the space that much. We didn't like the space, but I mean, yeah. they're, they were really nice. They had nice. that crazy like 360 degree theater or whatever, We right? didn't, yeah, but mm-hmm. I wish we, I wish we, part of me wishes we'd do either another festival there or yeah. go back just to do something there, but yeah. uh, at the time it was just, we had one of the rooms and they hadn't done any of the renovations yet, so um, we were just in one large room and we just showed, the, we only had like one screen, which is kind of like a step down because we had, the year before we had two screens, right. so it was kind of weird. 
Um, but they were very, I mean, they were very nice. I'm not trying to say anything bad about them. They were really great. That's place. a great museum. Yeah, it's like, based in work well yeah. for the film festival. Right. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> anyway, uh, then we were able to, um, I think the next thing we were like, you know what, we really need to have this in the movie theater. So we actually partnered with Showplace Cinemas and they were like, yeah, we can definitely do it there. And um, so ever since, so we've had it at Showplace East, yeah. or no, Showplace South, sorry. Yeah. Showplace South and it's been there ever since. That, that's awesome that they're so. so supportive. Like uh, Malco in Owensboro has let some indie films screen, mm-hmm. but nothing to that extent. So you're, you've got that kind of locked down for this year? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I'm not like I'm not one of the main organizers. Uh, kind of tried to step back as much as possible because I want to focus more on filmmaking. Right. Um, so, but yeah, it's always been a great event. We've had a lot of great filmmakers from the area of, um, come and help out and uh, uh, been a part of it, and a lot of people from this area. And it's and it's always great because it's like. It's at a time where it's close to the end of the year. It's, it's not really end of the year for when we started it was, but, like, you know, it's just a lot of people have films and they're ready to show them. And um, we get – and it's started to become a point where now we're getting films all around the world now, which is even really, nice. even really cool. So it also gets you a little taste. And sometimes we get stuff from regionally that we don't even – that some stuff we maybe not heard of, like all things right. from, like, Bloomington or Indianapolis or Paducah or things like – or areas like that. So Yeah, like uh, – I've uh, this is the first year that I've organized and scripted, and mm-hmm. for the same reason, really, PJ wanted to kind of pull back. And yeah, it's it's crazy how much stuff starts coming to you. Like at first, I was like, oh no, I'm having trouble. Like uh, I reached out to a lot of people, and like a lot of people had made new stuff or whatever. But then like slowly but surely, like I amassed this big collection, and people like people I met through IFN. And then there are people that I know, like uh, Travis Newton from mm-hmm. uh, Bowling Green. Okay. Uh, he's a film professor at WKU, and he made this really good movie called Woodshed. Uh, Matt Long is in it, who also went to WKU, and he's he's been in Mad Men and some stuff. Uh, Kevin was, loves that movie, apparently. Oh, I that, really do. Really like that. Uh, I didn't see it. That it, it was super good, and it's going to be at Alhambra too. Oh, uh, cool. It's a it was like a segment of a story. It's kind of like a proof of concept. Sort of, mm-hmm. So he's trying to get investors with that. I'm really excited to see like that overall. If you like the movie like Mud, for some reason it reminded mm-hmm. me of Mud a little bit. Okay. The, way, the, the the way and feel. I've seen uh, it on Netflix. I haven't watched it. Oh, so Mud's yeah. awesome. If you like Mark Twain, like you'll you'll love okay. Mud. It's kind of a similar story but yeah it's uh it's amazing how much stuff once you organize an event that just kind of floats floats yeah. to you and i'm really looking forward to putting together next year uh it was uh, a lot of fun so when is may day again it's may 20th, 20th okay and cool. 21st may 20th and 21st so yeah if you're yeah. if you're anywhere near evansville i highly suggest you check it out the crazy thing is we submitted to film fe- film freeways this year mm-hmm. and it's a online uh, film festival s- uh, service and uh so people can if you're on that service and you have a film you can submit your films it's a lot easier than trying to do yeah, it is that like the paper. what is it unbox or box it's, a lot without, it's like it's actually surpassed without a box apparently. without a box where right. people have used it um and i and I, I subscribe to it and i really like it but uh they they have subscribed we subscribed to them we got like 200 films oh, within wow. like two days because we mm-hmm. had like free submissions for the uh uh free submissions for just the for the early bird deadline mm-hmm. and we oh my gosh it was just overwhelming you're like oh my god and then it like blew up to like 800 submissions or something and then wow. it's like worldwide so it's pretty crazy. there's a lot of foreign films though yeah a lot mm-hmm. of how, how many were in the final lineup uh we haven't gotten that okay. stage yet so i think they we still have to go through and like usually we're very uh, we're really receptive to local films so mm-hmm. if like if there's if i'm not i'm not trying to make promises or anything but i'm saying like we, if we're more likely to pick something that's local because that's actually going to bring people in that are 
from around the area right. rather than somebody who's like, yeah, well, I'm, a, no. I'm all the way in France. I'm like, well, you're probably not going to come to Evansville, right. Indiana. You know? I, I do love the fact that, like, just the fact that we have a scene of filmmakers, you know, that's just, I don't know if that's ne- if that's normal in other, in other parts of the country or whatever, but it's just, I love the fact that we do. And I think, I, for me, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the number of movies have been through in this area as far as, like, gra- you know, in generating people's interest in filmmaking. Because I think there was a, I mean, there was League of Their Own, and then back in the day, more recently, and then I guess a couple, sometime in the 90s, I think there was a movie that was up in uh, Huntingburg, I think. Something was shot at Ellis Park. I think a Bill Paxton movie or something. I oh, really? The name yeah, of it. so, I mean, it's like, there's been interest in this for area, sure. for sure. So it's not like it's, it's like Hollywood's never touched this area. I think that has helped to generate, personally, I think that's helped to generate interest. So. Yeah, I've actually put a little time into studying the film past in Winsboro, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to do a podcast. I'm not to get too far off topic, yeah. but like I want to do like a This American Lifestyle podcast specifically for Wandsboro and use mm-hmm. local bands for interstitial music. Uh, but one of the things I ran across, there was this guy, it's the guy who discovered Spanky from the Little Rascals, the uh-huh. Little Rascals. Uh, he, uh, for a while, would go to random towns in the Midwest and make the same movie over again, like some sort of caper, kidnapping caper bandit thing, whatever. Yeah. But he would choose a group of untrained kids and put them through like an acting boot camp. And then they would shoot the movie. They were always produced in partnerships with the local theaters. Oh, that's cool. And the the bad part about that deal, though, was that he let the theaters uh, keep the prints like the of mm-hmm. the movie. So it's hard to find any of them. And I've I've searched high and low for the one shot ones. There was one done in Henderson. I don't think there was one in Evansville. But uh, but yeah, I need to talk to Malco to try to get it and get a copy of this. So uh, how old? How long ago was this? Oh gosh, it was like I want to say fifties. I can't. Wow. I can't. I can't. I can't really remember. But it's it's pretty pretty far back. Like. No, I take that back. I think it was actually thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Uh, it's yeah, thirty-eight. Like late, late, yeah, late thirties or forties. Was super, super, super old. Yeah. No uh, and I, I've got a lot of newspapers and articles and stuff about it. Uh, so I've, I've got some research. I don't have enough quite yet to uh, do a podcast, but I yeah. want to. And there was another one called Frankenstein Goes to the Barn Dance, mm-hmm. uh, which was shot in an old uh, historic home across from one of the colleges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from what I understand, the producer of this film absconded with some money. Like the, the trail of information goes cold right whenever the last article was posted about them rapping. Yeah. Can't find anything on IMDb, anything on the internet at all. Just these old newspaper articles that had been collected. Uh, so yeah, it, look, it looks like that one never made out, uh, got out. Then I've uh, I've talked to one person who's been at Lonsborough pretty much his entire life. Todd Reynolds, actually. Yeah. And he, he said he remembered hearing about a film who uh, did have a producer make off with money and it never got released. And I think that's probably the same film. So, wow. uh, so there's some good film stories uh, around here. And well, and then the, other, the other one is the Blair Witch cast. Right. I forgot to, well, you mentioned them earlier, but I was yeah. like, yeah, that's the other big one that was right. in our area because they were from Henderson. Right. And actually, the guy I work with, Neil Kellen, was like friends with one of them okay, who cool. like, grew up with them. So. Yeah, I mean, John Carpenter in Bowling Green. Yeah. Like, uh, and yeah, there's there's a lot and uh johnny depp from one sparrow oh wow because yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't you see him in, he was in evansville the other day right oh that was like a yeah, yeah, yeah that like satire was like oh my god i saw johnny depp the other day. any sort of like uh things that you find inspiring as filmmakers like any books you like uh just maybe two or three recommendations like some something somebody can use as a resource to learn how this is done i would say well i know you mentioned this no no wait let me start over um you're talking about just specifically filmmaking, right? Well, acting, filmmaking, just this, this stuff in general. Just like, uh, I know, I know like, the, think, the one I always cite is Robert Rodriguez, Rebel Without a Career. Yeah, because I remember you, I listened to the last podcast, I remember you talking about that one, and I bought that book. I haven't read it yet. Oh, it's so good. Um, but uh, I would first start off with screenwriting books because that was what, because um, Kevin got me into really wanting to do more screenwriting and stuff because I hadn't, I was more focused on shooting film stuff. So 
I would suggest reading um, Save the Cat for like a really, really basic screenwriting book. And that's more about like story. Like there's a little bit about teaching how to screenwrite, um, like the format and stuff, but that stuff's actually pretty easy in comparison to learning like basic story structure and things like that. That's a really good book. Um, it's it's more of a guideline. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't use that book by heart. Um, another book would be Sid Field's uh, screenplay is really good. Uh, that one's a little more detailed on screenwriting. And then I'd also read. Uh, I wouldn't read it. I would buy it. Uh, the um, screenwriter is it screenwriter's bible. The screenwriter's bible. Yeah. Screenwriter's bible is great because it like it gives you some overview on more specifics like uh, like if you're like questioning like oh how do I write this part in the script it'll show you how to do that. So that one's a good book. Um, it's a good reference. Yeah, really yeah. good reference. Oh, and then a good book. My favorite, um, if you're a lot of filmmakers, I feel like if you've never worked with actors before, you don't know it's like how to get good direction. Um, and this is something that like Kevin and I have talked about a lot is that sometimes you're talking to a director, or you know, a director will just act, tell actors, well, do it like this, or, or like just like read the line like this, and you're not really not supposed to do that. Um, it's kind of a big no no. It's called a line read. Um, but the, the book I would read is uh, Directing Actors. Um, I can't remember the, the author, but that's also a really good book to get if you're wanting to be a director. And, and it helps because I think a lot of people will be like, oh, well, I know how to use camera, but I don't know how to talk to actors very well. So that's also a good book to have. Um, I can't think of any other ones off the top yeah. of my head. Yeah. I mean, the, the big one that I'd recommend is just the Screenwriter's Bible just because of the fact that you anyone who doesn't know proper format just look at that, and it can tell you, you know, how to write a, uh, if it's a back and forth um, between, like, on a phone call or something like that, uh, something that you may not necessarily find in a normal type of uh, screenplay, then uh, you can look up that, or um, just, like, uh, little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a little, like, where it like, says, like, a, a close-up shot, but it's, like, CS or whatever, or, like, Yeah, because there were some, because I remember you and I were, like, writing a script, and we were, like, how do you write this one thing, and, uh, like, there's over, like, there's little things, like, over the shoulder, or writing certain certain things like that or so, voiceover like what do you do if you use a voiceover you put yeah. VO yeah um, that's something I struggle with because there's been an idea in my head like for several years that I wanted to get into a script and uh, I've struggled with format a lot so I'm definitely going to look into that um, another book well uh, not books but other resources I would go to uh, no, no, uh, com. it's a really grid website that has just a lot of links it's a blog but it has a lot of links to other um, YouTube pages and things like that um, all, all about film form or filmmaking um, another website I would go to is um, f- uh, filmmakeriq.com. That's also one of my favorites. Uh, it's a, it's very similar, but they're uh, that guy. His name is uh, John Hess, who runs that website. Um, he's got different, almost like classes on different aspects of filmmaking that you can that are kind of starter classes for certain parts of filmmaking. It's really good. And then the acting for film class by Kevin Arnold at <laughs> Dalto. Right? Yes, the acting for because you know Kevin. Kevin's a very good teacher. Yeah, and uh, in my class, I never recommend. I, I've read a few books out there about acting, and everything I've read, I'm just kind of like, meh. Um, my big thing is reading articles, like backstage articles and all that kind of stuff, uh, listening to what casting directors kind of say, um, and then just experiencing it, doing it. And if you know what, if no one's giving you an opportunity, write your own thing. You know, go out and get the, the Screenwriter's Bible and figure out a script. Uh you know, find someone who can possibly help you shoot it and, you know, starring your own short, even if it's going to be a piece of crap, you know, it's still providing yourself an opportunity. That's how I got my first lead was by basically giving it to myself. Yeah. I've had friends who made a movie or were just in a movie and then someone came up to them and was like, hey, can you be in my movie? Because I saw you in that movie, you know, yeah. instead of 
going through an audition process. So that's always very helpful. Yeah. And we, as the library, we want to be a resource for this sort of thing too. I mean, we did the unscripted film school uh, Mm -hmm. with volumes of blood and we had people come in as PAs that had never been on a set at all. And they got a really good taste of it. And I know a lot of those people became very passionate about filmmaking and uh, we are going to do something hopefully this summer. It's a kind of a big idea at the moment, but we want to do a series of workshops, you know, a cinematography class or whatever, just base level Mm -hmm. stuff and maybe help people make little bitty short films or something yeah. and then at the end of that show like have like a mini festival and show so yeah please uh, pay attention to the library's website and uh, we'll get some news up on that hopefully soon uh, Matthew Alm may be helping us out with that okay. he, he's a he's a nice gentleman and knows yeah. how to speak he's one of those Toastmasters guys they're doing one of the improv classes tonight the Toastmasters here oh, in town oh no there. yeah uh, well I, saw, I think uh, I saw it on uh, Facebook yeah yeah but anyway uh, so yeah um, any last plugs last words anything? last plugs do you have- um, well let's see um, we do no more messages we did out of the shadows which is on not Vimeo. on YouTube it's on Vimeo um, that one's more of a vigilante if you like Arrow if you like um, if you like the new Daredevil series it's very much in that same vein um, Kevin was that in that and he plays like a tech type character Kevin Roach who you might know is, yeah. he's the main character in that um, so we did that uh, you have Dark Knights. It's on on Kevin's. It's but it's spelled dark. Nighttime. Like night. Like dark. Yeah, it's just a joke. Yeah. But, yeah but that's on YouTube. Uh, yeah, it's on YouTube and Daily Motion. Uh, I don't think it's on Vimeo. Yeah, and I'd also like to give a shout out if you should check out uh, Neil Kellum, Lewis Cheney, and Mark Sowers, uh, D. Sowers, sorry, uh, movie uh, A Wedding Like That. That is also on. I yeah. don't think that's on. Is no, that it's online? Online. That uh, is not online. Not yet. yet. But he uh, you definitely should check that out. We had them on uh, last episode, and he had just gotten some DVDs printed. I don't think he knew when he was going to yeah. release it. I think they he pressed he, like he, 100. I got my DVD already, so I know he started like okay, you know, cool. putting some out there at least. And also Cindy Maple's Random. You should yeah. Check that out. And because her husband's on it, and he's uh, Rusty is in our movie uh, Miss Red, so check those out as well. Yeah, and they're all going to show at Alhambra, right? Uh, I believe much. so. Yeah. Yeah. I will, again, say Dialto Studios because they actually helped us out on um, this last one we did uh, to do auditions as a good, great place. They, um, they've been very helpful. So uh, if you're looking for a place to do theater or you want to come and take a film acting class um, or any acting class yeah. or vocal la- like lessons or dancing, yeah, Dialto Studios. Um, and also see Dungeons and Dating as well. That's on YouTube as well as from my friend Gavin Eddings. We helped on that film as well. So and just watch short films in general. Yeah. You'll learn so much just from watching. Short films and movies. Just all movies. Batman vs. Superman. And Batman in theaters this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, thanks for, for talking to us, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time.